Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Presson Falsies. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Oh, episode 154 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Coombsy, three straight series losses for the Toronto Blue Jays. It feels like just yesterday we were coming off that series against the Astros and you're going, oh my God, the Jays won eight out of 10. They're finally starting to piece it together. And it wasn't always pretty, but we were like, oh, they're building up momentum. And then when things do start to get perfect, it's going to be a heater. And now they've just fallen completely on their faces. They dropped two or three to Minnesota. They dropped two or three to the Baltimore Orioles. And now in remarkable fashion they find a way to drop two or three to the struggling texas rangers not good cam things are getting ugly no it's really frustrating it's the the jays keep on getting these tests and we keep bringing that up oh they're playing this playoff team you know the orioles have enjoyed a breakout season they're the new young exciting team in the al east they're basically the jays of two years ago it texas, should have been us. yeah i know it's, it's and then texas same thing like new upcoming team like spend a bunch of money in free agency blah 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 these are all teams that were below the jays last year who are now leapfrogging them and when you lose to them head to head it just becomes so much worse it feels like there's these there's there's all these new up and coming teams who have just completely passed the Jays and uh, to be honest coming into the year I just didn't see that coming you thought you you talk about teams like Texas and Baltimore and you're like oh yeah like these teams are on their way but I, if you had told me back in March these teams are better than the Jays right now I I wouldn't have believed you but here we are now in mid late June and the list of teams who appear to be better than the Jays in the American League that list is growing. And not just a little bit better than the Jays. Like the Orioles are six games better than the Jays. The Rangers have an identical record to them as well. So it's not like Toronto is right there with some of these teams. And listen, I get, and we'll talk about this a little later on, half a game back of a wild card spot. It's not that granted. Bad. Granted, you need to pass both Houston and New York, who are tied for that spot right now. So it's tough. But it's not like, again, this season isn't lost, even though the vibes right now are just absolutely putrid. It's not lost yet. And before we get into three up, three down, that's why I want to get into this conversation of, you know, making a change with the manager again. I think it's dumb to make it for a second straight year. I think that is the sign of a front office who has no direction at all. If you're going to sit there in a back-to-back season and say, nope, not the team I constructed, not the players I signed, not the guys who are on the field. It's the guy making decisions with the bullpen in the lineup. If for a second straight season, that's the reason, then Rogers should just sit there and piff, piff, Atkins and Shapiro are gone. 
Like to me, if, if they even come to you as ownership and are like, Hey, we want to make a managerial change. I would just immediately say, no, it's actually both of you two who are going out the door. Cause if it's for back to if back to back seasons, man, you can't let this core and this manager group off the hook again like that. No, I think, I think if you're, you're, you're looking at Ross Hackens as the GM, he got to fire Charlie Montoya last year. Montoya was the guy that they brought in. You know, they start with John Gibbons. He was the guy they inherited and they kept him on for a few years. And then they bring in Charlie Montoya. He's kind of the, you know, calm voice to lead them through the rebuild, you know, create space for the young guys to come up and do their thing. And then they're like, all right, we want to be competitive. We got this John Schneider who's been with a bunch of our core young guys in the minors forever. He's, you know, he's the winner and we're going to put him next to a veteran Don Mattingly and I mean you have your completely different vibe of a manager now this more like attention to detail more raw raw old school thing and it's still not really working and like you said at some point you have to ask why the players that you've acquired or that you've put in these spots to perform aren't doing it. And I don't think Ross Atkins as a GM can fire another manager. We're not even one year away from when Charlie Montoya was fired last year. That came in July when they went on that awful road trip out West. Like the idea of a team letting go of the manager that they brought in in the middle of last season, less than a year later, firing that person is inconceivable to me. I mean, uh, if anyone's on, the, if, if Schneider's going to go, then it means Atkins is gone as well. And whoever is coming in to replace as the general manager, whether that's James Click, who they hired last year from Houston, somebody else external, who knows? Um, then it's that general manager firing the manager. Atkins is not going to be able to fire a second manager. That's just the, 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 the next the next one to go would be him, in my opinion. 100%. If, if this season doesn't get turned around, even in the winter, I wouldn't be sitting here going, oh, Schneider's done. I think that's a next year conversation if you even need to have it. But the, the GM change is right there for Mark Shapiro. Granted, he'd have to let loose his buddy, but with James Click sitting there in that front office, like Ross Atkins should be feeling the seat under him, not just getting warm. He should start to be feeling a little uncomfortable as this team continues to struggle because it's bad. And Again, they're right there. They're right on the outside of the playoff picture. But that wasn't supposed to be the goal this year. The goal this year was competing for the AL East. The goal this year was not just being a playoff team like you were last year. We kind of agreed at the end of last year. That was the natural progression, right? You went from a bubble team to a playoff team. And the next step is legitimate, solidified contender. And they are just not making that jump right now. And it's not bad luck. It's not, you remember last year when Kevin Gosman, every start was getting Babbitt to death and you'd sit there and go, Oh man, if the Jays would have gotten one hit with runners in scoring position, they win that game, that game and that game. It is them blowing their own foot off with a shotgun right now. And that's really what it is. Like it just looks like a ball team. That's so incomplete. Yeah, it feels like there's, uh, and I don't really want to, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to, cause I think, I feel like we talked about it a lot last time and we kind of made that a big part of the focus was that this, this team's built around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the middle of the lineup and the front office Atkins felt comfortable subtracting some of the depth, the offensive depth, Teoscar Hernandez, Lourdes Gurriel, guys who were bat first guys, weren't good defensively, weren't particularly good in the base paths, didn't do, you know, the quote unquote fundamentals that we talk about. Um, and Atkins felt comfortable taking away from that offensive depth because the hope was you had these star players in the middle of the lineup who are capable of breaking out. And I think they came into the season with three young core guys and only really one of them has played to expectations. Bo Bichette's been an all-star again this year. He's been fantastic. Vladdy's been, he hasn't been bad. He's, you know, he's still a, he's still a 
a good player, but he's not what you'd expect. And then Alec Manoa, of course, the other one, the Jays just lost what's essentially the number one or two starter, a huge, like a, a significant loss for the rotation. So, I mean, I feel like it's those two kind of unexpected underperformances that have kind of just lingered and brought the team down. The The pitching rotation hasn't been as good because Manoa completely fell off a cliff. Nobody saw this coming. Um, you know, now they're doing bullpen days and burning their bullpen doing that. And then Vladdy in the middle of the lineup. It's just not the big bat they're expecting to have there. And you're not, you're not going to have your offense driven by, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer, Whit Merrifield, Dalton Varsho, all your long players like that. You need your main core hitter to be that main guy. And it just hasn't really happened. So the, the, the Jays built themselves around that and it just hasn't really worked out yet. And you know, there's still plenty of time. The season's far from over. And like you said, they're only a half game out of the wild card. If they had won that game on Sunday, they'd be in a playoff spot this morning. Don't so say that's me. Come on. I don't they, need to hear that shit on a Monday morning. Right. They're, they're, they're that close. They're right in there. And the, the teams come nowhere close to hitting its stride. And they're still right in the mix. So that's probably the positive way of looking at it. But there's also no indication that they're going to break out based on what we've seen so far. And every time they're tasked with a challenge of going up against another playoff team, they, they, they just don't show up. And that's the frustrating thing is the team has the ability, but we're closing in on it's been almost three months now, and we just haven't seen them put it together at all. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our three up, three down for this uh, series loss against the Texas Rangers. And we are starting with the downside of it. It feels like as this team has gone up and down this season, so has Chris Bassett. And in the third game, I mean, you would have, and I'm not putting this all in him. We'll get into the other reasons. But if he pitches good, not great, if he pitches good, they actually probably win that ball game errors aside. And it's not all on him because only three of those runs were earned. But Chris Bassett, for a second straight start, could not get them past the fourth inning. Again, he's been a roller coaster this year, and it's almost gone right in line with the Jays record. Yeah, it's up and down. And that's that's what we said last time. He had that terrible start in his last outing. And that's what we both said was Chris Bassett's a pitch to contact guy. He's not a dominant strikeout ace. He he I, I likened him to an R.A. Dickey or a Mark Burley, somebody like that who's here to like chew up a whole bunch of innings. He's going to allow soft contact. Sometimes those balls are going to find green runners are going to get on and he's going to get lit up and have a bad start. It wasn't a great start. Uh, he, he, I mean, honestly, for a minute there, it looked like Bassett was cruising along for the first couple of innings. And then it seemed in the third when Vladdy made that error at first base that things really hit the fan after that. And he wasn't really kind of able to come back because Vladdy had that error. It should have been the third out. The inning continues 10, 15 more pitches, two runs scored. The Jays, you know, in their offensive inning in the top of the fourth lasted for 10 seconds, three up, three down on what felt like three pitches. And then Bassett comes out again. He's already tired. And, <laughs> and then you have the other error. Kevin Kiermeyer throws just a terrible lob in from center field. Bo Bichette bobbles it, lacks a days ago to go get the ball. A run comes into score. It, yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if you if you have a pitcher who's on the mound. He had a bad go in his last outing. He doesn't really seem to have his best stuff. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the, you'd, you'd like to see your your position players in the field have tighter defense in the rubber match against a playoff team when that's going on. But again, that's just the thing we haven't seen yet this year. This Jays team, one of their strengths is supposed to be this defense, this attention to detail. They do all the little things right. They have a million different ways they can beat you because they're just so detail-oriented. And it just has not happened yet. So again, uh, 
we can come back to the exact same thing over and over and over again. When the Jays get challenged by good teams, the results aren't good. They fold. They absolutely fold. So, yeah, okay, number one on the three downs, Bassett. Number two is kind of the sloppy play around Chris Bassett because you're right. I, he didn't have his best stuff, but the team the team could have picked him up, to use the old baseball term, and they they absolutely did not do that. And coming from just, again, Vladdy, gold glove first baseman, makes a bad error. He's now made a string of them in the last couple of series. Bo Bichette has actually been playing good defense this season. Makes a bad error. Kevin Kiermeyer is one of, if not the best defensive center fielders in the game. He, he's up there, right? He's on the Mount Rushmore if you were to make it for this season. And he makes an error. And it's just like, oh, my God, man. It's just, when they, it, were la- they were lazy errors, too, right? Like, yeah. that's just like a lob little throw in. Bo's just kind of, you know, the ball rolls away, just slow to pick it up. It's like they went up 6 nothing, and they were like, we got this. It's fine. You're you're playing the number one offense in all of baseball. Nobody scores more runs per game than Texas does. And you can't take your foot off the gas just because you're up six nothing. Like the Jays, if any team should know that. They blew an eight one lead in a playoff game in the fall. They they themselves came back against that same Rangers team last year on opening day when they went down. I mean, these guys know they've they've seen it a million times. <laughs> these leads don't matter. They can disappear so quickly. Like you're in the rubber match of a of three game series against a playoff team on the road, a team that your organization has had like such a rivalry with in the past. And to just throw it away like that is it's just so disappointing to watch. Yep. Um, let's get to the third down here. And it's just the fact they couldn't hit for a stretch there. And this goes back to the end of the Baltimore series, right? Like you lose that last game or two, even in the game you win, it's a three, one win against Baltimore. Then you start the series off against Texas and damn it. If Danny Jansen wasn't in the lineup, you lose that ball game one, nothing. And you totally blow a good start from Kevin Gosman, which we'll talk about in a second, but their bats just went so quiet Four runs in the first two games of this series. Again, we knew they wouldn't be this dynamic high end offense. Like they have been the last couple of seasons, but you can't be going on a one, two, three, four game stretch and scoring Five, six, seven, eight, nine runs over just four games. That's that can't happen, man. And Danny Jansen was the only one swinging a goddamn good bat for like eighteen to twenty-seven innings. It was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. They, I'm not even sitting here and saying, "Oh, it's a runners in scoring position thing." Like I'm looking at the second game here. They went two for four with runners in scoring position. How the hell do you only get four guys in scoring position over an entire baseball game? You look at the first game as well, the series opener, runners in scoring position. Oh, so I just lost the page. Go over two. You had over 18 innings, 18 at bats, 54 outs. You had six guys get in scoring position. That's inconceivable, Cam. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, the, the first game, so they win the first game and you're, you're feeling good. And when you think about it, the two one win, everything pretty much on the pitching side had to go right for that. You had your ace coming up. You had your good relievers were all rested because they didn't pitch the day before. Uh, Swanson Meza and Romano all pitched, closed the door. Fantastic win. That was nice. And then in the second game, you have the bullpen game go. They only allow four runs. Like that's really successful for a bullpen day. That's great. And still it felt like they were losing 15 nothing. It was inconceivable to score a couple of runs to tie the game late there. And then even in the third game, they put up six runs on John Gray. But after that, they came and got completely shut down. Like Gray was the only pitcher that they could hit in the entire series. And I mean, even though they scored six runs in three innings on Sunday, you don't come out of the series feeling good about the bats whatsoever. Because as soon as Gray was out of the game, the struggling starting pitcher they couldn't hit anybody. They got dominated for three and a third innings by, you know, Texas's 
like middle innings guy. It, it, it looked when they when when Gray came out like, okay, here we go, like mid level arm coming in. Let's 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 rise the score up a little bit here. And they couldn't do anything offensively. Texas's bullpen shut them down for six innings. Yeah, they only managed to get three hits off Rangers relievers in the series finale. And they don't have a good bullpen. Texas doesn't even, that's one of their weaknesses. They talk about the Rangers and they're like, oh, this team's really good, but they have a terrible bullpen. They are the Jays of the last couple of years. Oh my God. All right. Well, there's your three down. Uh, It was just, it was ugly. And the frustrating thing too, like you think, I, I try to go back to my mindset after each game of this series, right? And it's like, okay, you win that first one, two, one, and you go, Holy shit, did you ever steal that? And it's like, that's how you sweep a series, right? You start it on not a great note. You flush it. You say, we stole one. We're lucky. And then you come out and win the next two. No reason why that shouldn't have been the case here. Because again, this Texas team was struggling coming into this series. They're not playing their best baseball. Um, let's get to the ups because there were a few here. Uh, Kevin Gosman looked really, really good. He goes six strong as well. You kind of touched on it. The pitching in that first game, like, you lose one nothing if it's not for Danny Jansen, and you lose four two if it's not for four pitchers having great outings. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I know we're trying to be positive here, so we're looking at the good stuff. Uh, I was about to say, uh, pretty much everything had to go right pitching wise in order to win that game because of how little room for error the bats gave the pitchers. But Kevin Gosman, it's good to see. I mentioned on the last podcast, um, he pitches quite a bit better on an extra day of rest than he does on just a regular five day rotation, and they they moved him up to split up Yusei Kikuchi in the bullpen day, which obviously makes sense. Mm-hmm. And Gosman pitched really well despite that. I mean, he goes six innings, four hits, only uh, two walks, only the one earned run. Yeah, very good stuff. And then after that, I think um, it's funny. We we talk about the firing John Schneider being mad, this and that. I thought the bullpen execution in that game was perfect. He had the three guys available, used them, pushed the right buttons, and got the job done. Yeah. Um, again, if you want to talk about Schneider in a negative light, like I... Moving up Gosman worked, even though, I mean, I agreed with you. I was like, man, that seems like a weird risk. Why are you risking throwing off your big gun by moving him a day? But that worked. And the bullpen day actually worked as well. It's been a couple of runs through this. And like Trevor Richards has shown pretty well. The bullpen day thing is being executed in a very solid fashion by this manager, by the manager and the staff. I thought, yeah, the entire weekend of um, of management was pretty reasonable to me. I know some people. I didn't were, like Varsho being pinch hit. Yeah, me. that was I'll fair. That was that was a weird one. That was um, the, the the Schneider decisions for the pitching. I thought were great. Uh, yeah, pinch hitting Varsho, and that was the second game, right? It was mm, uh, yeah. yeah for Alejandro Kirk, and he's been really struggling recently. Yeah. So weird decision, but based on the pitching, like there was there was some some complaining that Nate Pearson didn't come into the second game, but I would imagine that given how much he has pitched and how he did look on Sunday, there's probably a reason they're giving him a few more days off and he probably wasn't actually available on Saturday. So, I mean, everything was executed and it could have worked if the Jays had showed the bats had showed up on the second day, only four earned runs from the the bullpen day. And you didn't even use any of your top relievers in that one at all. And then because of that on Sunday, everybody was available. So if it was just a normal start from Bassett, even a mediocre one, if they got five innings from Bassett, they could have done probably Pearson after that Swanson after that Romano after that, like everything was lined up for it to work, but the bats just weren't there at all. Yeah. Frustrating stuff. Um, that that's our first stop. Kevin Gosman looked here at the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, we're like There's number two. Uh, number three. How about this? From a 24th round pick, 
to a big leaguer. If Spencer Horwitz never does another damn thing in the major leagues, his career is a success just based on that one line I gave you. It was cool to see him get into the lineup and he had a couple of really productive at bats, hops on an early pitch from John Gray for his first career hit, comes up the next time, gets his first career RBI, good patience, draws a couple of walks. Like I was impressed with him up there. Yeah. And then one of his other at bats, he narrowly missed what would have been a double. It wound up being a foul on the third baseline by about an inch or two. And I mean, yeah, I thought he had a fantastic approach. I mean, I'm not going to get too hyped up about a prospect who hasn't really hit for any power in the minor leagues. He's kind of that cabin Biggio type, draws a lot of walks, good approach type thing, which is fine. Like, I don't know, the Jays have so many different underachieving positions offensively that look, someone's doing well in Buffalo. He takes good at bats, draws walks. That works for me. That sounds fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think based on what we saw in that game on Sunday, I'd um, he, he'd definitely be in the lineup for me on Monday in Miami. Yeah, I think so. And one of those guys that, Hey, you need to, you need to catch lightning in a bottle from different pieces at different mm-hmm. points of the season. And I will not complain if we just look back on this run to end June and go, remember those 10 days when Spencer Horwitz was just red hot and had like a couple of clutch hits? Like, sure, we'll take it. Uh, yeah, he was great. And let's give an honorable mention to Dalton Varsho in his last 15 games, batting 306. That OPS is getting up there in the 900 range in that span as well. It looks like. He's starting to round into the form like you watch him over these last few series and you go, okay, this is probably what Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro were seeing in the guy. Yeah, I think there was there was a little while there of an adjustment period. And I mean, come to a new team, new league, bigger role, lots of pressure. Um, It was valid to see Varsho have kind of a slow start to his Blue Jays career, at least the offense and the base running, the speed, all that small ball stuff was there the whole time. Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody reasonably thought this guy was going to put up like a 650 OPS for the entire season and just swing through everything. Eventually he's going to get hot and have a nice streak like that. He is a streaky hitter like this this that's kind of just who he is. It's going to be yeah. ups and downs, but yeah, the 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 Jays badly need um contributions from up and down their lineup because they're not getting it from the big players. So, here we go. Hopefully Varsho can stay hot for a period of time. Yeah, I mean, he struck out three times in the series finale, but this is the ups. We're trying to be positive. I'm not going to bring that We're up. We're really but, reaching, man. <laughs> yeah, then I'm going to talk about how his OPS is 923 in the month of June. Not going right. to talk about the um, Hit another dinger in that series, too. So hopefully, Darton, this is the start of an extended right. heater for Dalton Varsho. Uh, there you go. There's your three up, three down as the Jays drop a third straight series. And uh, oh, boy, it's uh, it's ugly. This road trip, not off to a good start. But at least they're not going up against a team that's seven and three in their last 10 and currently on a four game heater. Ah, ah, damn it. Uh, well, let's get into that and more. But first, we're going to step aside for a quick break. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Coombsy, three against Miami coming up this week, starting tonight. And uh, before we get into that series preview, let's hope our pal and producer, Brandon Douglas, has some good news for us in the AL East report. Brandon, did everyone else have as miserable of a weekend? Believe it or not, guys, they did. So uh, you can you can look at this one of two ways, either that once again, the Blue Jays um, did not take advantage of a situation. Like you guys said, if they just won one more game in that game or in that series, they'd be in a playoff spot or you can look at it and say, you know what? Everybody else sucked too. So let's just kind of take this weekend, wipe it off the map and trek on nonetheless. But the one team that did have a good weekend in the division was the Red Sox as they swept the Yankees uh, three straight games, including a double header on Sunday after the um, Saturday game was rained out. So if you go back to last weekend, now uh, five of six, that Boston has taken, taken off of New York Pretty impressive. Uh, one kind of minor negative note for for Boston is that starting pitcher Tanner Houck did get a uh, or suffer a facial fracture in the Friday game. Line drive right off the dome there. They haven't quite tabled out what it's looking like, but I think pretty safe to assume he will be missing some time. Um, bit of a catch-22 there, though, because uh, he hasn't had a terrific season thus far. He's 5.05 ERA. So... Um, on the flip side of that, the Yankees, yeah, uh, three games lost. They will be off today before um, heading out to a start of three-game set, pardon me, at home versus the Mariners tomorrow. They will get Ace Garrett Cole back on the mound for game one in that. Hopefully, the Yankees kind of right the ship here as they have seen. Um, you know what? You've said it a 100 times, Coomzy. Uh, you know, without Aaron Judge in that lineup, this is just not the same team in virtually any regard. And we, we've really been seeing that. Um, Boston, by the way, sorry, they will start a two-series road trip versus the Twins uh, later on today. Elsewhere, the Orioles, they did lose two of three to the Cubs. Kind of surprising. But, you know, that that Chicago Cubs team, I think, is a lot more frisky than people have, have seen for most of the year. They've uh, they've got some timely pitching at different points. And the the Orioles, while losing this, this is a stat that I came across while uh, while reading up over the weekend. They have not been swept in a series in the entirety of the Adley Rushman era of playing Holy in Baltimore. Shit. What? That goes back to mid-May 2022 since they really? have been swept in a series. 
The trash birds, they are no more, Coombsy. Uh, I think you can take That's that awesome one in and put it in stone. Um, and it, uh, Ryan Mountcastle, who we had talked about before the Baltimore series against Toronto, how he was kind of dealing with some illness, that ended up being diagnosed as vertigo. He has not played since that series before um, playing Toronto. It looks like he is starting to make some positive steps towards uh, a recovery as he took some reps on Friday, just like fielding balls at first base and stuff. So looks like he should um, kind of be on the way back up. But yeah, what seemed as like a simple illness or flu bug or something kind of extended several weeks now for Mountcastle. Uh, and then lastly, the first place Tampa Bay Rays, they lost two of three to what is now a surging San Diego Padres team. They're still fourth in their division, uh, despite the fact they've gone 10 and six here in the month of June so far, now only three games back of um, the third wildcard spot in the National League. So, you know, the, the Rays, we almost kind of put them out on a side note and don't worry about them because they're they're in their own league at this point. Uh, their only win did come with uh, their ace Shane McClanahan on the mound in game one of that series. So, you know what, guys? The the division series or standings, pardon me, themselves, they have remained the exact same since we last met. Just some of the shuffling around. And we now once again see Toronto only half a game back. But the flip side, once again, everything kind of has a give and take when your other teams in the AL East are playing each other. Yes, the Yankees didn't gain any ground on you, but Boston has closed that gap. Uh, now only one and a half game back where it seemed like only a week and a half ago, Boston was well on its way to a seller placement. Blue Jays are right there flirting with it again. So um, it's it's hard to say what we see going forward because of um, the Orioles and Rays will now play each other again, just a two game set. But the Yankees against the Mariners, that's a tough matchup. The Twins... I mean, hey, they lead the division. We can't rule them out in terms of their their upcoming series against Boston. And the Jays are in tough against this, like you said, one of the hottest teams in the the Marlins right now. Yeah, they're playing good ball. Um, one of the teams in the American League that I'm always keeping an eye on, the LA Angels, 41 and 33 now in the season. They're looking good. I'm going to read you guys Shohei Otani's stat line from the last seven games because it is insane. Uh, 23 at bats. He is batting 435. He is slugging 1304. He has six home runs in his last seven games, 12 RBIs in his last seven games. Like it's bananas what Otani's doing. He has the MVP locked up like already, Brandon. He's man. Did you guys know Shohei Otani is really good? He and he pitches too. <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that a guy like that, man, he would sure look nice in a, a Blue Jays uniform, maybe uh, next season or something. They might hold on to him now, though, Coombsy. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, they, they might not make sense for them to make that trade. That's what it seems like now. I mean, given the way they're playing, um, they're close enough that you would want to just hang on, right? Because it gives you the best chance at signing him. If you trade him away, you know it's over. He's not coming yeah. back in the winter. So, I mean, if I'm Anaheim in this situation, you're close enough. And even if you do wind up missing out, you're going to get that like run in August and September competitive baseball. You can show them, hey, look, like, wow, look uh, how exciting it is here when the team is good. We're right there, right around the corner. Maybe he signs. Never know. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for the update, Brandon. We'll chat again next episode. Yep, you bet, guys. There you go. There's around the AL East with Brandon Douglas. Uh, let's get set for what's coming up next for the Blue Jays against the Miami Marlins. Jose Barrios going up against a bullpen day for Miami. A great chance for the Jays to start this series off on the right foot cam. Yeah, absolutely. They have um, 
yeah, this is the opposite situation pretty much of what they've been dealing with recently, which is that Miami has a, a starting rotation that's kind of struggling navigating through some injuries. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, who's their ace, hasn't been ace like this year. His ERA is right around, if not over five at this point. Um, I mentioned that a little while ago, looking back at the guys who threw the most innings last year. Um, among those names, both Alcantara for Miami and Alec Manoa for Toronto, both are struggling this year. So something interesting to kind of pay attention to as the year goes on. So yeah, Jose Barrios has been excellent for the Jays recently going up against a bullpen day. You'd really like to start that one off with a win. It'd be really nice if the bats could wake up and just beat the wheels off of Miami's relievers to put them into an ugly spot this um, in this series, because the next game after that is one that doesn't really favor Toronto. It's Yusei Kikuchi going up against Yuri Perez. Perez has a 1.80 ERA across 35 innings this year. Kikuchi hasn't gone further than five innings in a start in what feels like months. And then after that, I think it's going to be Gosman versus Alcantara. That's what I, it should be ace on ace to finish things off on Wednesday afternoon. Then the Jays have a day off on Thursday before going up against the Oakland A's. I know the Marlins have been playing good ball. We talked about it. You know, nice little four game winning streak they got here. They've been one of the best stories in all of baseball as well. But when you look at the fact that it's Barrios against a bullpen day, Gosman against a struggling Alcantara, and I mean, let's put that four-game winning streak into a bit of context. They swept the Washington Nationals, which is a relatively <laughs> easy thing to do right now. So this is this could be a nice finish to the road trip. I don't hate our chances of having beers on Thursday when we do the pod, Kimsey. You think so? You think, uh, is it, is this going to be the time that it finally happens? Kevin Gosman takes the mound on a Wednesday afternoon in Miami or wherever the stadium is. The, the, only, the only thing I'll add is that I hate this ballpark and it gives me cursed vibes. Like watching a game there just sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I just sitting there on TV. The camera angles are wonky. It's a dud atmosphere. Like the cursed vibes in Miami. It's a really weird stadium. I've, I've been there for a game once. I watched them play Atlanta in what I think was 2013. It's a very bizarre place. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that they got rid of that big art statue thing, the dolphin or mm. fish or whatever that would spin yeah. around in the outfield. That thing was cool as fuck. I think they put it outside, like in the parking lot as like a big statue to see when you Go come back. in. Just yeah, but threw it in the storage locker. Yeah, they just hit it somewhere outside. Yeah. They put it on the highway <laughs> just to scare people as they drove yeah. by. But yeah, it's a yeah weird, weird, cursed ballpark. It's probably going to be a weird weekend. The Jay, the Marlins have a former Jay, only one, I think. It's Jonathan Davis. So I would expect <laughs> Jonathan Davis to do like a have like a, a huge weekend or a huge week against the Jays. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to be betting on that. I may be taking a look at uh, the Jose Barrios strikeout prop tonight, though. Had five against Baltimore. Maybe he can rack them up against his Miami team. Three against Miami, an off day, and then you return home for a series against Oakland. You might be saying, hey, but Tyler, I remember hearing all these things that Oakland's getting hot. They're all of a sudden a tough out. No, they've lost five in a row. They've come crumbling right back down to earth. Um, This is a nice chance here over the next seven days for the Jays to get things on track. Yeah, Nightmare. they have. They, they have a good to take advantage. They need to take advantage. They have a good good chances here because there's off days too. I mean, they they're playing Miami Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the Wednesday game's an afternoon game, and then it's off on Thursday. Back home weekend series against Oakland, then it's off on Monday, and it's San Francisco at home, and then it's Boston at home, and then it's on the road after a Monday off day to face Chicago, uh, the White Sox, and then after the White Sox, it's in Detroit to face the Tigers. You got to have a good stretch here. You got to. There's, uh, I mean, there's, there's a, a nice opportunity. The teams they're going up against 
finally like we've been we've been talking about this forever when's the schedule going to get weak because it seems like they're just playing good teams over and over and over again here it is this is a nice stretch here of what's that like 12 15 games you really got to hit a home run here and sweep some of these series, beat some of these bad teams. None of these upcoming series, Miami, Oakland, San Francisco, Boston, the White Sox, Detroit, none of these are series in which the other team should win. The Jays should win all of these series. 100%. All right, that's a wrap on episode 154 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Leave us a review if you have a second. And also, go find our new YouTube video content of the podcast and more heading up there. Look up the Blue Jays Nation on YouTube and hit that subscribe button as well. We just launched that bad boy open to the public today. So go give us some subscribers on YouTube. Coombsy, you enjoy this series against Miami. We will talk again on Thursday. Best wishes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.